Hello and welcome to the A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. Today, I got to talk to John Petrulis, Johnny P, Honest John, Worldwide Chief Creative Officer at Gray Group. He talks about growing up in Ohio, driving to Chicago to live on a couch with his friends, starting off in writing, being a bartender at the Riviera Cafe here in New York City, and then falling into advertising, which is just an incredible journey. And I think you're going to learn a lot from uh, it's a it's a long episode because everything in there is is just gold. And he's just a really great person to talk to about this business and about uh, just creativity in general. But first, the A-List is brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. Advertising age called Ad House New York's newest, smallest, and arguably hippest ad school. Their philosophy, an ad class is only as relevant as a professional who teaches it. Ad House classes are taught by the best in the biz in the agencies where they work. You get 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. To apply, go to adhousenyc.com. And for the latest news, follow Ad House NYC on Facebook. Thanks for coming in, Johnny. And here is the episode. John Petrulis, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks for having me, Tommy. I haven't seen you in a long time. Too long. Uh, you've been uh, around the world, basically. You, you, uh, we were at Shiat together yes. in the uh, in the early, very early two thousands. Yes. Uh, and then you went off. Chuck McBride took you on a whirlwind tour. It was like Rick and Morty. You were, yeah. <laughs> you were Morty. <laughs> And Chuck McBride was Rick, but we'll okay. get to that. Okay. Uh, what? What? Yes. And now you've come out of the wormhole, and yes. you're 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 definitely a clone. Anybody I'm a clone. Who, well, anybody who's listened to Rick and Morty, they know what I'm talking about. Got you're it. a clone, okay. but you don't know you're a clone, so it's okay. Okay. Anyway, very good. <laughs> it's going to be a weird All start. Right. Already nervous. Well, good. we can hashtag Rick good. and Morty into this spot now, so we'll get a lot more viewers. Excellent. That's what we're um, looking for. Uh, Johnny P. What was it like growing up? What, where, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. It was yeah. a great place to grow up. Had a nice family life. Probably relatively normal experience. Uh, my father's an immigrant from Greece, so I had a lot of that going on in my life, like yeah. a lot of just Greekness yeah. happening in the house. So you were that food. Greek family in town, or was there a Greek No, no, part we weren't the, there was like, a, you know, it was a mixed marriage. We had a, he, he married a, an Irish, an Irish woman oh. from Ohio, so there's Irish Catholic. There's a little... A little wow. tension there. Yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, kind of just like normal life. Brothers, sisters. Two older sisters. Um, played sports. Most of, I was loved, loved sports growing up and always a uh, lot of sports. Loved reading. I had a mom who loved to read and I loved reading. That's probably what drew me towards writing. Right. Um, Remember, we had a typewriter in our house that I used like a toy, and I would even as a kid, I would always just be typing, 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 yeah. and writing, writing things, and yeah. uh, just was always fascinated by that whole process and loved it. And what did mom and dad do? What, what did they do? Teachers. Uh, so my both uh, public school educators. My mother is a teacher her whole career, and then towards the end of her career, became kind of a supervisor and a, superintendent. Like, kind of not thing. not a superintendent, but helping other teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, mentoring uh, other teachers in the public school system. My father was a teacher and coach, and um, and then became you know assistant principal and then pr- high school principal. 
towards the end of his That's career. That's interesting. So they were both uh, they were both doers. Yes, they were both uh, both doers. Everyone in my family is an educator, but me. Both my older sisters well, are teachers as well. We're going to fix that now. You're going to okay. educate some people. All right, I'll You're try. You're going to drop some knowledge. <laughs> drop some me. science. Okay. Uh, what and what you you started? You were writing plays. You were writing short stories. But before that, were you in in high school? Were you doing that? Did you know? Did you know you wanted to be creative? In high school, or were you, you like, know, yeah, that's a good hobby? And I, I, it's funny. I just I thought about this recently. Um, I think I mentioned the reading part because reading was always a big part of growing up. As I said, my mom was a big reader, and like every Saturday we'd go to the library, and I was even at any age I was allowed to take out any book, the freedom to read. That no matter what, you could just take it and read and be taken to another world. And I think I was always wow. just fascinated by that. And then I, I wrote my. I had an older. My oldest sister was wrote a lot, and I think that probably influenced me as well. And just seemed very natural. It wasn't even something I was thinking about. Like, oh, I want to be a writer. Right. I just liked it, and so I just did it. It's just something you did. Like yeah, just breathing. something I did. That's right. Um, and you went to. The Ohio State University. I did go to the Ohio State University. That's how you have to say it, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think by law. Hashtag ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> like the hashtag. Um, and why did you go there? When when did you decide? Was that just like, I'm going to go growing up? You were just like, I'm going there? Y- yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I wish I, I, I wasn't somebody. I Actually, when I see this will probably come up a lot as we if, if we're going to talk about a path, I I wish I was somebody. No, I don't wish this, but I'm not somebody who ever had like, oh, th- this is what I want to do, and I'm going to follow a path. Yeah. I just kind of do things that s- seem interesting. Or yeah. I grew up. I liked Ohio State. <laughs> I yeah. liked Ohio State football. Yeah. Uh, I had buddies from high school going there, and seemed fun. Yeah. And also, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I figured that's a giant university. I could once I figure it out, they're probably going to have it. So you, you didn't know. have a, a going in. You didn't have a path. None. You just kind of you were like, General, I'm going to go to the Ohio State University and that's take it. some classes and and figure it out as I go. And I they didn't make you claim anything to like your sophomore year or something. So right. I could because I tried a few different things that didn't quite work. And then what were some of the things that you tried? Uh, I thought uh, I thought I was going to like astronomy. I uh-huh. was like I think I liked the romance of it. So I'm like, oh man, I'm going to study the stars and the planets and right. the universe. Uh, then it turned out to be a lot of math. Yeah, there's a and lot I, of math. There's a that. lot of math, and yeah. I wasn't good at it, and I didn't enjoy it. Right. And there was zero romance. There was it was just science, and um, so that didn't work. And then I thought, uh, then I thought uh, again. I was just just kind of playing around. Then I thought maybe um, psychology it was very, it was very obviously pretty interesting yeah. subject. And I just couldn't. I remember I just took like a couple classes, and I couldn't buy into some of the theories that people were talking about. And so that fell away. And then I thought. Well, maybe philosophy. That would be. Yeah. I liked the, the. I liked the idea of of trying to have some kind of all encompassing view of how to live. And again, I think I read. I think I took a couple of classes. I'm like, God, oh, this is so. You know, so much of that. At least my experience was so much of it was logic. Yeah. There's a lot of logic in philosophy that I just couldn't uh, get excited about. Right. And right. then I just fell in. I, I love to read. I love yeah. to write, so just be a lit major, just be an English major, yeah. where you just read and write about it. And, yeah. But of course, you learn a lot of skills like, in there. 
Did that feel like, oh, I know all about that already? Yes. Yeah, that just felt it's good. funny. Yeah, that just felt like, yeah, cool. I can do that. I can do. I but can. you but you like that. You like the, I feel like you like the sort of like, I, that, I know enough about that where I, I'm not going to get surprised, but I can learn more. Yes. I think that's probably a fair thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And it just felt very comfortable. And, and I, w- I wouldn't even say I was excellent at it. And then I took it seriously and then it, it worked out. Yeah. You know, then I started to do better. When you uh, say you took it seriously, what was the what was the moment when you were like, all right, all right, that's it. I think I think it was honestly like probably my junior year. I'd had the classic freshman and right, yeah. sophomore year yeah. and college life. Fat Johnny running yeah, around. Yeah, was, yeah, a couple with, pounds, a, with a bag of beer. A couple of pounds on, a few beers, yeah, a few yeah. pizzas. Yeah. Uh and I just pro- I think I just turned a corner where once I committed and mm-hmm. said, I, this is this is what I want to do, um, you know, it was also something that I liked. And the first class I took once I committed was contemporary American literature. And that was exactly my sweet spot and what I loved. And I had um, – I, I just – I think I, the first thing I read in there was a Vonnegut mm. novel. Yeah. And Which one? Uh, it was – Oh, man. I'm just going to name Vonnegut. Not from, and uh, I'll tell you. Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, I want to say it was that, but it wasn't. Was there a Mrs. Ro- Rosewater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God when bless I, you, Mrs. Yes, Rosewater. I think it was that. Yeah. And I think I did, it was that. And then also Paul Auster's, one of his New York trilogy. I think uh-huh. it was the first one, City of Glass or something. Yeah. And I just remember reading them and feeling like, I think maybe what you just described, just really feeling comfortable and at home and realizing this can be an area of study. Yeah. This is what I would do. This is like going to the movies, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, I just ate it up. And then I, I loved the idea of right when you would analyze it, when you'd write a paper on it, that you could have your own point of view. Mm-hmm. And it was okay that the author had an intention, but you were okay to have your own takeaway as long as it was true to somewhere to the intention of the author and i i think it just all clicked for me yeah like, all right I'm, yeah i'm in this is great yeah uh and then you uh so you're coming up to post-college you're like i gotta get a job <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets a little rough what's what happens then <laughs> so uh okay because somewhere along the line you uh become Disappear a, for a while. Uh, you become a boxer Mm. You're you're working on uh, concrete pipes. You're, yes. you're you're laying pipe, literally. So uh, yeah, all that yes. stuff. So so how did uh, like what okay? Are... So that that was actually um, college. So I I worked. I always had oh, you know yeah. like all through college to pay for college. I did all kinds of things. But I worked at a concrete pipe factory for yeah. three summers. Oh, you which made, made pipe. I literally made pipe. Yeah. Made big concrete pipe. Uh, spent the first two summers swinging a sledgehammer, and the third I graduated to finishing. I got to be in a covered area, set of out in the yard, yeah. literally knocking pallets off pipes. Yeah. I graduated to like a little bit more skill, where you got to go into a covered area and finish off the tops. These are giant pipes right. that would be for infrastructure for cities, like water pipes, kind right. of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing job because the pay was amazing. Yeah. You worked with a lot. Union. It was every, union. Every, everyone union was job. union. I only two. They only let you work eighty nine days because at ninety days you had to go union and the the. Pipe didn't want, yeah. Because then, because once I went union, I couldn't. I could say like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going back to college. And yeah. they would, you know, like it just tied it all up for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my third year, they were so busy. I went over ninety days. Oh my god! And I remember, like, I had a day where I was in the lunchroom, and all these guys were like, "Why, why are you going back to school?" 
look at this paycheck you're getting. Oh yeah. You know, and it was like a, it was like a serious. You no, know, it's also a little union. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. And you can't break this. And also, what are you doing? Like, yeah. This is, and it's true. These, these are, you could raise a family. You know, they had right. families and houses in Toledo. And yeah, you're uh, lucky that you got this. And, yes, and, exactly, yeah, exactly. You, you stepped in it. Don't, exactly. Don't, don't mess this up, kid. That's. A, I, I bet you somebody said you stepped in it. Uh, yeah. That's exactly the. And uh, but I, I went back, and so that was then. And I, I boxed in college. I, yeah. You know, I. That was just mostly. I'd played sports my whole life. I got to Ohio State. I turned into Chubby Johnny. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I missed it. I just missed. I don't have any pictures, by the way. Okay. I was just. Assuming I would. I wouldn't. Okay. Were... It wasn't bad, but I do. I did have an experience. <laughs> and then once Tom called me fat on his yeah. podcast and <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean I think it would be. I wouldn't say fat, but I would say how about soft, soft. All right, soft Johnny, uh, soft Johnny, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, and I also, I also always loved boxing. I was always yeah. fascinated with fighters and I had, I mean, it's kind of a classic, uh, I don't want to bore anybody with this, but my grandfather lived in Columbus and he had been a fighter growing up. Wow. He had coming out of, I, he had fought like in, like in and around Toledo. Yeah. And I had a classic, if there's ever like a classic scene, maybe from, let me see, like a movie from the 80s. Raging uh, No, 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 no. Oh, no, it oh, wouldn't be gritty oh. like that. It'd yeah. be a little, think more, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like Flashdance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Breakfast Club-y yeah, kind of okay. vibe. Yeah. Uh, Karate Kid. Okay. Um, where my grand, so I told him, I, well, I, you know, I want to I find a gym because I, I do want to learn how to box. And he said, well, I'm going to, I know some people. I'm going to hook you up. Now, my grandfather was blind. And he had gone blind later in life. So here I am like this kid, <laughs> this college kid, and up rumbles this old car. And it's him and one of his old, like his old buddies. Oh, my God. And they pick me up and they take me to a gym. And I'm like, how classic is this? And the old blind guy. Yeah, yeah, and, you yeah. Know, I walk in. I remember my grandpa going, oh, I, I, I know this smell. And, and I, I can hear. That's the heavy bag. And he could literally like point He's out. pointing where, out yeah, things. Yeah, like he knew. And, you know, and then some nice guy comes over who... uh you know, you could tell it was just being nice to the old men. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. a couple of guys yeah. are bringing in a college kid in this gym. He didn't have time for this, but he yeah, was exactly. But he's going to do it and yeah. uh, uh, introduce me. And then I just kind of took up at that gym, and I didn't have money to pay him. But the guy, it was like, it's so classic. Oh my he's like, God. look, it's literally you, rocky. It's you literally are rocky. rocky. And he's he's just like, you can come in, but I can't train you because you don't have. You know, you're not paying me, but look, if you want to come in, jump rope and whatever. Yeah. And I just slowly, like, I literally did it. And I just slowly kept hanging around, hanging around. Finally, he's like, one day after everybody's done, he's like, come here. You know, like, picks wow. up the mess. And start, That's and then, a so, scene. Yeah. Like, how good is that? Right, how good kid. is that? When I look back, I like, I, and you, and you, I want to. Who, me? Yeah, You got to exactly. have that, like, moment well, exactly. of, like, you looking around. Exactly. Then he finds out I got a good left, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I, this is an honest story. I'm, I'm. I'm trying very hard not to have a nice lens and uh yeah. to, but but it really was like that and at the time, Columbus had a great fight scene. Uh, like, it really, they were putting out a lot of fighters in the Olympics. And in fact, like Buster Douglas, who's the mm -hmm. first guy to knock out Mike Tyson, yeah. trained at the gym that I was at. Like, it was it was a legit thing. Yeah. And uh, so I, I loved it. I, I really, I, I loved it. I loved. Did everything you think about, about it. maybe I could be a fighter? No, I did. I wasn't that. I wasn't that good. I was. Uh, I. Uh, I mean, I wasn't bad, but yeah. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have it. And also, honestly, what happened? I did it long because people always ask that. Like, well, if you loved it, why did you quit? And I, I, what started to happen is that you, when I would, when I would be heading in there, I started to find myself as I progressed and started like yeah. having more and more, and we started to do like sparring and then you do kind of gym fights where you just yeah. match up against, 
I start to feel so nervous. Yeah. And that probably helped me actually that right. nervousness, like the adrenaline. Went, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I was doing well, but I started to probably like, you know, like as I was hitting towards the end of my senior year and I busted my nose once doing it. And like, yeah. I was, you know, and I did hit a point. I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, of why am I, 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 I really had the thing of why am I going to fight somebody right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my life's pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. School was good. I had a bunch of friends. I had a girlfriend. Yeah. Things were cool. And like, why am I now going to fight somebody yeah. who I have nothing against? Yeah. And I'm not he angry. could really hurt me. Uh, yeah. And this person or could, I could hurt him. Or, yeah, exactly. And I think I just, I probably just did one and I just got, right. came out of there and I was like, this, this sucks. Yeah. And I, and I just stopped. And uh, then I just started, I trained, but I didn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I don't, no, I don't miss it. I don't, you I mean, don't I feel it. like I learned a lot from it. I learned a lot about discipline. Yeah. I think you learn about calm and chaos. You cannot, like we, the, the whole secret is someone's throwing punches at you, but you're analyzing it. You're yeah. not, you're not, you're everything not in your body. Afraid of yes. The, you can't be afraid of, can't the, be afraid uh, of the punch and you can't respond. You can't, uh, you, everything in your, everything normal is telling you, Panic, run, yeah, run cover away. up, flail, do yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just have to take it, pick it apart, find yep. your openings, you know. Yep. Uh, Did you get knocked out? Uh, no, never saw the canvas. Yeah. Never saw the canvas. Yeah. Uh, you had a good chin, Johnny? Uh, I had an okay chin. Uh, yeah, I could take it okay. Uh, I was pretty quick. Yeah. And I had a pretty good right, and I would try to establish the right early so that they knew... So they were thinking about it. Don't and give away your secrets, Johnny. No, I'm not probably. Yeah, you're right. Because we're fighting right after this. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's now, what we do. Oh, I didn't tell you. Right yes. after every podcast, I you, fight. You fight. <laughs> I fight the the guest. <laughs> I'm already getting nervous. Yeah, there's no rules. I can feel either. the old butterflies. There's no fucking rules. <laughs> none, of this, right. none of this fucking gloves, Johnny. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> so that was uh, all in college. Yes. What, so what did you do? Where? Wh- how did you get to advertising? How do we get? How do we get there? Okay, so it's a little bit of a long story, but I'll try to shorten it yeah. uh, for to, to not bore your listeners. So I came out, had no idea what I wanted to do. Got my degree, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, had an English degree with emphasis on contemporary American lit. Like, what do you, what yeah. do you do with that? It's kind of a classic pre law thing, maybe. Yeah. That, but I wasn't interested in that. Um, I, and I did that thing. I graduated in four years. All my friends were staying an extra year. I was just kind of, I was a little bit, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was right. a little bit lost. And you, you go back home to Toledo. I go back home to Toledo. I went and... to Japan. It was the first time out of the country. My sister was living in Japan. So I kind of had that like, all right, the world's opening up a little. Right. Um, and stayed with her for a little bit, but came back. Yeah. I'm in Toledo and I've got a, I've got two things. I got a buddy in Chicago who I had met through boxing, who's now living in Chicago, outside of Chicago in the suburbs, and my cousin, who I'm very, very close with, um, who's like a brother to me, was there playing hockey for a junior college in the suburbs of Chicago. So I'm like, I think I'm just going to go. I didn't know what to do. I had a car, though. And I'm like, I think I'm going to go there and stay with them and try to figure it out. Um, And that turned into, I ended up uh, a very, I ended up... Because I loved music also. Mm-hmm. I was always into music. I DJed a little bit in college and stuff like at the college radio station. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. And I I told myself what I wanted was experiences. Like I didn't want a job really. I've been yeah. working and I knew, I mean, I wanted jobs because I needed money, but I didn't want to like jump into a career or something. 
And I told myself I wanted experiences. You just wanted to do stuff. Just do stuff. Yeah. And, and maybe even in the back of my mind, I was thinking of writing. So, like, I better have some experiences to write about. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I went and stayed on my cousin's couch. He was, like, it was great. You know, they were, like, living the hockey, college right. life. And uh, that was kind of fun. And I stayed with my buddy, who uh, was a wonderful guy, who was studying to be a chiropractor. I just bounced between their couches and he gave my buddy got me a job as a night watchman at the at in a tower in um in the suburbs of Chicago, Spiegel headquarters, Spiegel yeah. catalog. Yeah. And so I was like a night watchman for a while. Oh my god. Uh which was great. I, I really liked it. And yeah. Isn't, then, that, isn't Spike Spike Jones is yes, one of the I, Spiegels? Have yes, you ever I, met him? Did you meet him in that? In no, that no, lobby? nothing, nothing yeah, as cool as that. That's all Tommy. I know about Spiegel. <laughs> nothing, nothing as cool as that. Uh, I have one funny story from that. If you can cut these things out, right? If they're boring to people, we can, nothing so far has been I'll boring, you, right, I, Matt? All right, great. Yeah, no, Thanks, Matt. Matt's am, bored senseless. Yes, good. Well, I'm, I'm only telling you these stories because it's you. I'm pretending yeah. I'm just talking to you. So That's if what it we bores do. anybody. Yeah. Uh, but you'll like this story. That's so, why I'm here, John. Uh, when I was, I have one good story from that. I So all you do when you're a night watchman of a big building yeah. is walk around. Yeah. There's no one there. And you're bored. Yeah. And so I would pretty much walk around and then make long distance calls from the phones on people's desks. <laughs> right. Like all my buddies at college, and, you know, like, cause I didn't have money, yeah. you know, like, you know, yeah. uh, well, one night I'm walking around oh and there's this God. construction area closed off and there's also this big freezer. And I look in the freezer and there's giant tubs of ice cream, like the oversized, like industrial yeah. things, tubs of ice cream. And I'm like, I'm, I want some of this ice cream. Yeah. So I go down. There's a cafeteria. You're going to love this. There's a cafeteria on the, like, on the third floor. And I go down, and there's these plastic spoons behind like a roll-down gate. Yeah, yeah. So I spend, I'm not kidding, I bet 45 minutes trying to figure out how to get that spoon, you know, oh. like... Doing all this, this is a movie. Yeah. Getting, you know, and I attach something. I think I taped together some <laughs> pencils and put tape at the end. I yeah. get this spoon. I go up. I get this giant tub of ice cream. I go into this area and sit on someone's giant desk. And I'm looking. It was a high rise out in the suburbs. Chicago's pretty flat. And I had a view of the city. Yeah. So it's like classic. Like the yeah. kid and, the, you know, like, yeah. and there's the yeah. big city. And I'm sitting there. Eating ice cream, and I, I, I know out of a I had giant okay, tub. yeah, out of a giant tub, staring at skyline, and all of a sudden I hear, "Hey, hey, who is that?" And flashlights and cops. I had tripped an alarm. Oh and my the, god! And they shine flashlight. There's a guy in his night watchman with chocolate ice cream all over his face. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, amazing. Joy. Amazing. Uh, Did you get fired from that no, job? No, those guys were great. I was like, oh, uh, I didn't. Uh, and they're like, oh, oh, you tripped, you tripped. And they literally, they're like, you tripped an alarm. I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't know. And they kind of like probably just took it. They probably felt sorry for me. They Did you give them any ice cream? Um, I don't think they took a uh, Chicago cops. Very clean. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, but that was my main memory from that job. Yeah. But then after that, uh, so I loved music. And again, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I, I looked up, um, Chicago had a great music scene at the time. And I looked up a venue that I liked the bands that were playing there. And I went down and asked for a job. Wow. And it was a place called the Cubby Bear, which is right across from Wrigley Field, literally kitty corner from yeah. the opening Wrigley Field. And it was a famous, like it was a punk rock club at night. And then during day, it was a baseball bar because mm -hmm. cause of yeah. the Cubs. Yeah. 
And at the time, Chicago music scene was that this would have been when like industrial music was happening, Chicago punk was happening, and also like emerging like Smashing Pumpkins and Liz Fair and all this kind of was starting to, to happen. Yeah. Turns out I had no experience. There's no reason for them to hire me. I had no skills to offer. The owner was Greek and he mm. saw my name Yeah, and he interviewed me and he said, all right. And then he wanted, he literally, is that Greek? Are you like, you want to know, was that Greek Orthodox? Yeah. What was my father? Like, okay, well, my dad was born in Greece, came over and like, he's like, cause he trusted me. He hired me to work the money at the door. Oh my God. So I started there and then found my way into bartending, got myself behind the bar and uh, ended up there for five years bartending and then ended up helping to run the bar. Yeah. Uh, and it was It was like some of the best time of my life. Wow. And that cousin who, uh, who I'd stayed with came and stayed with me. He got a job at the bar and we lived together and we just had like a, an amazing, that made a million like a friends. Time. It was amazing. Great time. Um, what were you writing at that point? Were you... Uh... Were you writing on the side? Were you were you trying I, to write? Were I, you thinking about it every once in a while? What was? I was. Did you have a plan. I, I did not have a plan. Johnny, you need a plan. I know. In I life. need a plan. I know. You're making me nervous. I you're never going to be the head yeah. of a uh, global uh, creative organization if you just stay at this bar for keep five years. Around. You're so right. Uh, yeah, I'm nervous. You're right. I got to do something. What's wrong with that guy? Uh, well, I was reading all the time. Yeah. I was reading all the time, and I would write. I was writing. I had a word processor. Remember yeah. those? I had a word processor yeah. in my room, and I would just write sometimes. And I wasn't. Whenever I, the muse hit. Yeah, you. and it was. It wasn't something I was taking seriously. Right. And it wasn't even something uh, I talked about, or honestly, even did tons of. But it mm. was always around. Yeah, it was always around. It was easy for you. It was easy, and and it. it yeah, or I just enjoyed it. How yeah. do I say it that yeah, way? Yeah, Which yeah. I guess makes it easy. Yeah. I don't know if I was even good at it, but yeah. I was enjoying it. Right. Um, but it wasn't like I was like dedicated. Yeah. That came later. But it was, this was like, I was really dedicated to the bartending and the. Like, yeah. I was loving the. You liked music. I loved music. I loved sports. It was Hanging. both. Hanging with friends yeah. all the time. It's right. a good life. It was yeah. a good, it's a fun life. And it's that a good, is a fun life. And it's a good, uh, uh, especially that time in your life, you know, yeah. I was free of any responsibility. And, just and if living. you're in the middle of it right now and listening to this, just relax yeah. and enjoy yourself. That's right. I'm, I'm a massive believer in that. It's I'm a massive like, believer in it. It's going to be okay. You it's going to be okay. You can take another year doing the bartending and yes. you're going to be fine. Yes. And I would even say, in fact, I would tell people, I think some of the things I learned from bartending, I has helped me well, in my bartending job. gets you into uh, working with Charles Lane, right? You, you, yes. You, hey, wow, Tommy. You were, uh, I really yes. did research. You really I didn't did just research. write a bunch you're of words impressive. on the paper. Um, yeah. So you're bartending. And you're you're kind of talking with this guy about your writing, yes. and you're like, yeah, I write sometimes. He's like, eh, show me some of your writing, and yes. and do you know he's somebody? Or? No, okay, yeah. So I'd moved to New York by now, and I was bartending in the village uh, at a place that's not open anymore, the Riviera Cafe. Oh, the Riviera. Yeah, remember that place? God, I love that. Yeah, place. yeah, such a great old school place. Yeah, and uh, I had a lot of. Gr I mean, again, loved it. Had met a lot of people there. Met my wife there. Yeah, uh, had a lot of great. Just great experiences again there. But yeah. yeah, there was a guy, and I I didn't know who he was. He's just someone that came in a lot, and we mm -hmm. talked a lot. And he loved movies, and I was starting to love movies, and kind of like at this point, you're starting to think maybe I could write. Maybe I, I am could be for a writer. sure. Yes, okay. I'm starting when, to write. When did that switch happen? Probably why? when I got to New York, and again, I had been bartending all this time. I'd moved to New York, um, and. Uh, 
I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And I, it just, I think maybe even the move made me feel like, um, I'm going right. to, New York could be the place yeah. to start doing this. And I had a girlfriend here who was a dancer and a performance artist. And so she was also in a very creative community. Mm -hmm. And so you started hanging with them. Yeah. You know, and so it also becomes, it's that, that great thing where it just becomes normal. Yes. Like it, it isn't this big, like, oh, I want to be a writer. It's just, right. like, oh, just write some. Well, that's the great thing about, about cities, right? And, yes. and why New York City in particular is so, so uh, amazing uh, is that you get this social proof, right? Like you, you, I believe that nobody really has the imagination to think of something that never they've never seen before. So, like, yes. not seeing what an artist is like, you come up with this weird, stupid, or or it's from TV yes. or from a stupid movie that you saw. But seeing real artists and how they really live, they're messed up and they're like they're and it's they, hard. Yeah, and, yes. and they're like failing all the time. And yes, but they do beautiful things every once in a while. And you realize like, oh, I can do that. Like yes. it's not it, it's not a written script. It's not a. And I think that's true with a lot of things. Like you see people that have different lifestyles and you see that and you're like, oh, it's OK. Like all of that is OK. So people that are living in little towns where they don't see a lot of different different people and different lifestyles, of course, they're going to be more like, well, that's weird. And But that's why moving to New York City, I, I recommend it highly to everyone. I love, Not I love right it. now. Just wait, you know, wait a little while. Yeah, wait. We're using it. <laughs> yeah, but that's right. You should come here. I love the way you said it. social proof is a great, it's such yeah. a perfect phrase. That's exactly what it is. It, no it just normalizes it. And you see, oh, yeah, it, it isn't something for the other. It's right. just people who've made the decision. This is what I'm going to do. Right. And, and they do it just as a, anyone in any job. And I got to learn how to do it. And yeah. I better practice at it. And, and there's I'm, thousands of ways to do it. There's yes. like you're you're. Your girlfriend, who was a dancer and a performance artist, I have a picture in my head of what that is. It's probably nothing like what she actually did. Right. And then her friend, who's also a dancer and performance artist, does something completely different. That's so, exactly right. So uh, even within that, and you talk a lot about uh, when you're when you're. Jerry Graff taught you about like just like irresponsible. Yes. Like creativity, just yes. being making it however you feel like you need to make it. Yes. Uh, Yes. I feel like that's something you learn by seeing lots of different kinds of of people and, and lives. Right? That's I think that's exactly it. And I, I think that the journey, at least for me, and, but it often is, and I think you're hitting on it, is you start by imitating what you admire, and then you just yeah. kind of gain the confidence. I'm just going to do right what I do. Right. And or even Paul McCartney wanted to be Little Richard. Yes. He ends and then up being Paul the McCartney. best he could, be, and, yeah. he, and that was his best. It, sometimes it's even your best attempt yeah. ends up your. If you allow it to be come from a personal voice, it ends up its own thing anyway. The, right. the great uh, uh, example I, I remember hearing Kurt Cobain said that about Nevermind when it, you know, and he was being interviewed once about it, and they were talking about being the seminal, you know, record, and he said, "We're just trying to make a Pixies record." Oh. He said, literally, I just liked loud, loud, quiet, and yeah. but this is what I know how to do. Yeah, and uh, that was my version of it, and yeah. obviously, it's beautiful and singular in expression way. in its own way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's a way in. You don't have to invent. You don't have to be completely original. You kind of got to find your way. You in. literally can't be completely original. Yeah, I think it's not <clears throat> humanly possible because it's always going to be derivative of something you've seen. Because yes, you know. Yes. That's what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. And that's often what creativity is. is so I'm sorry, I, I, I diverted from our story. So Charles Lane, 
Yes. Is a, what is, who is Charles Lane? Okay, for so Charles, who don't know, uh, Charles, um, I may not have uh, clicked on his name and gone to his whole bio. So, okay. Yeah. So Charles is a filmmaker, a New York filmmaker who in probably the late, I think it might have been 89 or 90, made an independent film called Sidewalk Stories, mm-hmm. which was a black and white silent film about a homeless, uh, a uh, homeless guy. Charles wrote it, directed it, starred in it as a homeless guy, and he finds uh, he ends up with this little girl who was played by his daughter, and it's kind of the journey of him trying to find her back to her home. And it was a very powerful movie that he made kind of on his own dime. I've got a great circle backstory for this too. Okay, but um, that he that he made on it, that he kind of cobbled together, made it, and took it to can uh the other can mm-hmm. and uh it exploded you know that kind of from nowhere and it got an incredible amount of attention and got him a lot of notoriety it's yeah. a great it's a great film so if you can find it and i know they did a revival of it a couple of years ago at the Tribeca film festival but just one of those great stories and also what a, that was a great time of new york independent yeah. filmmakers yeah. um and then charles uh, made off of that, he got a big movie deal. Uh, he made a movie for Disney called True Identity that was uh, about a, a African American guy who hiding out from the mob po- uh, poses as a white man, and then it's so it plays with comedy and plays right, with right. race and everything, right. uh, which was definitely Charles. And Charles was kind of maybe pegged a little bit as a black filmmaker because sure. that was at the time, and also Spike Lee was coming up, and yeah. uh, there's just a lot of interest in that. Um, and uh, so this was Charles, and he was, but he, you know, to your point, he lived in the village, and he would come by for a drink at the bar yeah. as people, as a normal person does, yeah. even as a filmmaker, and um, and so we just kind of stroke up uh, a friendship or mm-hmm. or a normal bartender. Yeah. And then one day he did, yeah, he said, well, look, I know you're writing. Why don't you show me some stuff? And I had been writing. I'd been writing some plays and um, some short stories, and I'd started to take it seriously, so I had stuff. And I th- he might have been the first person. I was like, yeah, I'll sh- okay. yeah man, why not? Why so not? what... what- when you say you're taking it seriously, you're starting to write plays. Were you? Did you take a class? What did you? What did no, you do? I just started. You just knew how to do it. I just started dedicating the time to do it. I was reading. Yep, yeah, I was definitely reading as reading much as I could about form. Reading play. I always think that's the best. Thing. Yeah, just I was Who reading you plays. Want to be? Who were you trying to be? What, what play were you trying to rewrite? I was probably at the time. I wanted to. That's a great question, Tommy. I. I th- I think I wanted to be a short story writer, and you wanted to be Ernest Hemingway. I probably probably a little bit of that. I was really interested in like sp- really spare language, yeah. and because you know so much of his writing was about experience, like these yeah. experiences, Being and you just say you just say what it out is, there and just doing things. Yes, and you just say it, and yeah. you, and all of the meaning comes in right in the reader's experience with the and. But I also had all this like at the time, you know. I, I think I was a little had some pretentious ideas of. I also I wasn't going to write for anybody. I didn't care if anyone read it, man. I don't even want people. In fact, I don't even oh want people God, to read it. You're Charles Bukowski. I don't now. want them to like it. You know, I'm not yeah. going to cater. So, which also meant I was probably just writing like formless bad stuff. Yeah, because you know, I didn't care. Yeah, uh, and I was writing some. I don't need to capitalize. That's right. <laughs> it's terrible, uh, and so. Uh, and I had some one-act plays and things that I had written. Did they go on stage? Uh, yes. I had some, you know, just little things that, like, yeah. little 
theaters down around in New York and stuff. Just yeah, just small. a little theater in New York. No, no, like no. I mean, but like I mean little. Somebody listening to this little. in like Perth, Australia, right now, saying like, "Oh, Johnny, with your little theaters in New if York." One, uh, I, I, how about this? When I say little, I mean like the audience might have been me. How about that? So let's. It was in let's my just basement. Get real, yeah, let's get real. Let's, when I say little, it's like king of comedy. Yeah, you know, you've been in those a, rooms. It was Tommy. just a picture of an audience on a wall. Yes, you've been okay. in those rooms yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. you and like a couple of your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showed up, and, and I'm you're laughing really hard other. because I want to help. Yes, you want to help. You yeah. want to cheer it on. But that's not the funny part. No. Yeah. Okay. Um. So anyway, he so Charles reads them, and then next day he brings in some movies and goes, "I read your stuff. You should watch these." And I go, "Oh, cool. You got some movies. What, what are these? So these ones that I've made." And I was like, "What do you mean you made?" And he said, "Well, I'm I'm a director, and you, yeah, I want you to watch them." So I watched them, and I loved. I loved. I love, you know, I thought, so I just loved Cyborg Stories. I just loved the spirit yeah. of it and everything. Yeah. And then Charles, I mean, what a great, he literally just said, we should write something together. Yeah. And he had a little office at, this is going to sound again, I think just to our point. Yeah. This might sound grander and almost more romantic yeah. than it really was, right. or, or it felt at the time, and maybe no, now it feels romantic. Right. In but he—that's right. But and then he had a little office at something that had just kind of started up at the Tribeca Film Center. Yeah, and uh, so we had a little office space there, and so we would meet there, and yeah. we started writing right, and right I, below Canal, right, right yes, on Canal. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. uh, we. And at the time, like Tribeca also wasn't no, it was happening. Scary. Yes. And I would meet him there and we'd write together. And I also then I just started consuming every film book I could get my hands on. And he had all of his books from college and he, you know, he just yeah. had loads wow. and I just tore through them. I just yeah. loved it. And, uh, and so then we started writing screenplays together and we, we, we wrote one together and then Charles was some, sometimes not on time for our yeah. writing sessions. Yeah. And so I started writing one separately in the time, you know, again, like yeah. I got a room, like, I got someone's a got idea. a, yeah, yeah. And someone's got to let me use a computer and, you know, yeah. cool. I'm making a long distance right. call. Whatever. Yeah. No, this is <laughs> before yeah. all this stuff was just free That's and right. everyone had one in their pocket. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, so I pretty quickly had, we wrote something together, and then I wrote something on my own and started taking it really seriously. We got an agent for that first one, started hustling that, and um, I had one on my own that I started to submit around and got in. That There was a reading series d down in Lower East Side called, at the New York and Pokes Cafe at the time that was kind of a relatively influential reading series. They would do nine or ten a year, yeah. and you would cast it and stage it and people oh would come God. and I I got accepted to that and I did a uh, did a showcase for that and I got an agent through that which again um, wasn't the most glamorous agent or right. the most glamorous situation but you know I was like trying you were a playwright I was starting yeah I was starting were, it was starting to happen be a, or, or or a screenplay writer yes or I thought then I really did think oh, right. I, I, I going was to pretty, Hollywood. I started to think I was going to be doing writing screenplays like I loved it I loved yeah. film and yeah. that, that's what like I think I you know if I could get lucky that maybe this is what I would do yeah but in there I started uh, somewhere in there this went on for a while by yeah. the way yeah. and uh, someone in there did say at the bar said you know if you want to make money doing this so you're still a bartender still while a bartender you're while I'm doing all this films with uh, with Charles yeah and uh, someone at the bar I couldn't even tell you who said you know if you want to make money while you're doing it you could try advertising mm. and I'm like that sounds cool and yeah. I always kind of liked the idea of advertising. I like 
I like it and thought it was interesting. And what uh, were the, when you say you like it, what what were the what were the what was the advertising that you were think when when that person said advertising, you thought what? I think I thought absolute print ads. Uh huh. Really? Yeah, I did. I thought absolute print ads. You ended up there. At yeah, some point. which yeah, that's right. Spoiler and, alert. Uh, and. Funny television commercials. Also not as glamorous as it seems, right? No. Uh, no. Absolute print ads. No, we'll talk about that right. a little later. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so I took a – I didn't know what that was. So I took a – I asked around, took a night class at SVA. All right. Uh, learned uh, – had a great teacher there, uh, Brian Connaughton and Eli Connaughton at the time. And uh, took that class and then put together my own book. With just kind of like, okay, now I know what a portfolio is. I'm going to put it together. And so that took me a while. When you're not yeah. in school. Did you write any ads with, with Charles? I did not. No, I was doing this hilarious. completely separate. Yeah, that had been hilarious. With Charles. Yes, yeah. I might have shown him stuff. You oh, know, yeah? like at the time, like I might, I don't remember. I'm also doing this ad thing. Yeah, I'm kind of like, doing this on the side. It's, it felt like a hustle. Like I'll do had that. Had he ever thought about it? Like, because he's a writer? No. Never. No. Not at all. No, yeah. he was he was really a film, yeah, like yeah, true yeah. and true yeah. person. Um, and so I put a book together, which was hard and uh, hard just because like I knew I'd learned that class taught me what a portfolio was. Right. But now I had to come up with all the ideas and find someone, you know, when you're a writer, who's going to yeah. lay them out? Yeah. How do you do? And this is also in the days of like. Then you had to get printed out, which yeah. was cost money, and I didn't have a lot of money. You a printer, you yes, a computer, exactly. And yeah. am I laminating it or am I yeah. mounting? Them? Oh, like you're all laminating. the, all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you're putting and that velvet on the back, Johnny. That's right. That's right. You're making these matter. And uh, <laughs> so I was doing that on the side. I did get a book together, and then I mean, just in class, like, like I literally didn't know what. To do, and I started because uh, the uh, Brian was so kind. The teacher from SVA, who then we became friends, started to introduce me around a little bit. Like, well, at least you could go talk to this, so I could see what it was like to be inside of a. Oh, I have another good story. Yeah, is this is this okay? This I just is keep amazing. Rambling. How right, long great. do you, do, do we have, I have a hard time? Let's out keep for going. You? I'm enjoying it. Okay, no, this I'm sure is we great. Do, but, uh, in there, me also, too. In there I'm not also, even going to look. Yeah. In there also, uh, this is also as you talk about why you love advertising and how not, how kind people are to each other. So I'm bartending at, at the Riviera, and I'm on the softball team, and we're playing. We're in the uh, place down in the village, uh, playing at that little. There's a little pocket park down yeah. in the village. Yeah. One day I'm playing second base. We're we're missing our shortstop. Some guy is walking by, and we literally are like, "Hey, hey, you want to play softball?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I play softball." We're like, "We want, why don't you join up?" He plays the game. He ends up joining the team. Really nice guy. His name was David. And uh, I know the, who this you know is. this is right. And then yeah. at the end of the season, we're having like the he's classic. He's been a guest on this show, hasn't he? Uh, oh, Johnny hasn't well, listened to all the shows. I haven't listened let's to all out. of them. I'm let's looking him, forward. Uh, let's have him taken out by security. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> listening to all of them. Anyway, so uh, this guy David. So and then so at the end of the season, we're sitting there having beers, and, he, and I tell him that I'm thinking of quitting the bar because I've starting to get my book together, and uh, I'm gonna. And he goes, "Well, I'm in advertising," and I'm like, "Oh." That's awesome. So why don't you come by? And I'll, it was David Angelo who was running Cliff Freeman at the yes. time. I didn't know. I didn't even know what Cliff Freeman was. Yeah. He, I just remember. It was right around the corner from that little pocket exactly. park. Exactly. And he lived around the corner from there. Yeah. And he, listen, like, what a nice guy. He invites me. And I was, he, at the time, he's a superstar, right? Yeah. We, 
I, I, I mean, he still is, but I'm just mean like, like this is yes, Cliff Freeman couldn't have been hotter. City, Everyone Cliff wanted in Cliff Freeman. I'm just 90s. some guy. I'm just some person who he played softball with. He invites me in. He spends time with me. Shows you me. Had to walk down that hallway. Had to walk down of, that hallway, of, surrounded of by exactly. And there was of, no secretary exactly. at the desk. And you're like, where? What is? Are, is anyone here? It, that's exactly. And he shows me the real. Talks about how they get to those ideas. Took me out to dinner at the time. Again, I you know like just the whole yeah. experience and off you know just was great. Like so got me excited. Yeah, it made me want to keep pushing through. Um, uh, I think, and I, this industry is full of those stories of people how, helping each other. What do you think is your uh, superpower in that way? That like these pe- these very powerful people are like asking you, like, hey, want to hang out and do stuff? What is it? And I know you well. I have some theories. What do you think? Uh, it is? Uh, may, uh, maybe that I, you know, I hadn't thought about it. I. I, I'm people know I'll be receptive. Is that something like that? Like it's not going to be waste. Like I'll do it. I'll, yeah. Maybe that I that people know I'll I'll be receptive. I'm not going to come and dismiss. If someone's going to give me their time. Right. I'm going to listen very, and I'm going to yeah. soak it up and I'm going to do something with it. Yeah. Uh, even if even if he didn't know me as a writer, but maybe just sense like, all right, this this person is going to care. Maybe that I. Appear, yeah. appear to care. You do. You <laughs> okay. you are yeah. the kind of person who you listen so well, and you are. Um, people are they want to tell you stuff, mm. and you're just. Uh, we called you Honest John, right? We, yeah, we, yeah. Like <laughs> it's Honest John because you just be like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's gonna work. <laughs> or like yeah. if you you just say what you what you think, and yeah. you're you're uh, you're just a yeah. I wonder. So like, I wonder if bartending was another bartending is a great way a to get that skill, right? Yeah, yeah. You a do bar, a, lot of listening. a good bartender listens really well. Always turns it back to what the person is uh, is talking about. Yes. Um, yeah. That's, I think that's the I, thing that you have. I think good writer does too. I think you want desperately to hear from people. You're more interested in what other people are saying and picking mm-hmm. that up. You know, so why? Why do you? Why you because you it's because it uh, endless spark of ideas. I think it's another wonderful thing about living in New York City. Just ride the subway to work, and you will hear <laughs> the dialogue. You will hear the ideas that you will get from the collision of people right. and noise and images. Yeah. Um, and you can't beat just hanging around and hearing people talk and right. the, the dialogue that you pick up and the, the thoughts yeah. in people's heads. It's amazing. So you're in there with David Angelo. You're yes. in Cliff Freeman. Do yes. You, do you know that Cliff Freeman is the major? No, like, I do you, not. You know I don't even learn this till later. Right. I don't even learn this till later. David doesn't even like pose it as like, you even... are in the temple right now. Right, right. What, you are in the place everyone. He just was cool. He just like talked yeah. about ideas and uh, talked about his path, which was helpful to me, yeah. um, which is why I was interested in doing this, if it's helpful to other people. And I think, and also because of you, Tommy, yeah. uh, as always, but I, th- it, no. And honestly, even all those awards, I didn't know what they were. Right. I was like, what is it? Right. What? Yeah. It's like, what, you know, I was like, what are you guys, it's a, like, it's a diving team? It's messy. This is a diving team. What hey man, guys? David plays a lot of softball. Hey, this guy, like, <laughs> you're really good at softball. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's good. So, did you? Were you like, "Hey, I could work here"? 
What, uh, was there like a I didn't moment? even have, I know, yeah. I didn't even have that. That's, like, I wouldn't see, have had the guts so to say it. I wouldn't have had the guts to say it. And I didn't have a book together fully yet. Yeah. I was just like starting that, like, yeah. I think I want to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so y- you get that. What did you learn from that? And where, where did you take it from there? Like, where? So you end I, up at NWA or eventually? Yes. So I get a book together just by hook, you know, just by begging and stealing and finding people that will lay stuff out. And I drew some of them, you know, like you just figure out the hustle. I also think that's also, I often say to people that the, the value of a portfolio, putting a portfolio together to come in, isn't just to show your ideas. You're also learning the hustle you need to put to, to get work Mm. made and done in the, mm. you know, as, as we both know, it isn't like then you enter the agency and everything's just yeah, peachy keen. Does everything for it's you, still yeah. lots of hustle and, and work right. in it. Uh, but I get a book together and the way I got to, again, I didn't know, I didn't really know. Uh, I was starting to learn a little bit about the ad world, but I honestly didn't really know who was good and who wasn't. And mm. it was still kind of a foreign world to me. So I looked up uh, agencies <laughs> and NW Air claimed to be the oldest agency in the world or in the United States. Yeah. And I thought, man, they must be good. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, you don't stick around. No, this, uh, yeah. You know, like, come on. Yeah, this something. Is, this is something. What's the secret sauce? That's right. That's a secret sauce. I want to meet this NW guy. Yeah, yeah. He sounds cool. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, this is the days you drop your book off down in the yeah. mail room or whatever. Yeah. And they called me. And So that was the first place you dropped your book off? Or? It was. I, I think I had three books, and I dropped them off at three places that week. As one does, what were the three and places? I don't remember the other two. Uh, I don't remember the other I two. I wanted to do that thing like Babe Ruth could have been picked up. Oh, by, by yeah. And, yeah. No, yeah. I I don't remember. I don't remember. And uh, they called pretty quickly. I was lucky, and they had just won uh, like an account. They won Continental Airlines, and they needed headline writers, mm-hmm. and they liked some of my headlines, and. Yeah. They hired me. I remember I went in, inter- interviewed. It was in Worldwide Plaza, right? Yes, Worldwide Plaza. Yeah, it was very, I mean, dude, it was like a giant tower. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was up on the 39th floor looking yeah. out at Central Park. You know, I could yeah. see all this. Like, this is, this is it. This is New York advertising. This is happening. Yeah. It's happening. And uh, I, I didn't even care about the money. Like, they, I remember they offered me, and I, they off, I interviewed, and they offered me, Right there, like that day yeah. before I left, uh, and I was like, "Great, that sound, this sounds great." And uh, and then as I left, I said, "Wait, how much? What are we? <laughs> what are you guys paying?" You know, like they might yeah. have been like, "Like I'm working on tips. How's this working?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys paying? And they just gave me, you know, whatever they said. I said, "Great," and I just started. Yeah. And again, it's I think that's off the thing I often tell people: just get in. Yeah. I didn't know. I right. didn't know. They, they, I was in. What year is this? Man, this is where I, I'm not going to be great. This has been maybe 98, 99. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I was uh, a few years behind you, uh, 1992, in that same building. My first job was at Ogilvy Direct. Ah, yes, right uh, there. And um, yeah, same thing. Like, I didn't want to be there. Yes. I, like, it, yeah, it was Ogilvy. It was like, you know. But yes. it was Ogilvy Direct. Yes. And everybody in Ogilvy knew that I was Ogilvy Direct. Oh, you're, uh, oh yeah, yeah. You were shunned. How there. dare you're, you? Um, uh, they weren't all mean. But, yeah. uh, you know, some people were like, oh, yeah, Direct. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and I felt shame for it, right? Like, I wanted yes. to get out of there. But I used their computers. I used their thing. And I actually did learn a lot about writing there because 
Of course. But uh, yeah, just take a job. Take a job. Get in the bit. It's a very small industry. Yes. Doesn't matter. Yes. Somebody, somebody did a, and uh, to be honest, I had a great experience, great creative directors. Yeah. We, the campaign we did, I was like, got things produced like in my first week. Yeah. You know, it was like that. Like, right. You're just, like, oh, this is, this is great. Is easy. Yeah. This is easy. I got a billboard up in Manhattan. And, yeah. and, um, Do you remember what the first, what the first ad you wrote was? Uh, your first headline was? The first headline I remember was, that, that, uh, uh, that campaign. Yeah. Was, work uh, hard, fly, right? Cute, cute headlines. Cute yeah. headlines. That, yeah. That's, that's what it was. And, uh, I think the very first billboard, uh, was we have more, we cover more of Europe than Caesar. Or oh, nice. Yeah. That's where your history uh, class yes. came in handy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, but I had a great experience. And also it's yeah. from there, I did a little campaign that got some attention for an editing house that was, um, that got some attention. That's when Shiat called like nine months oh. in, you know what, what I mean? What was so, the editing house? Uh, Mackenzie Cutler? Or? No, it wasn't. I, I'm, it's embarrassing that I can't remember okay. who it was. But it was what I did again. And you were just you had worked at this editing house, and you were like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, somebody said like, "Hey, they want to do some ads." I'm like, "Yeah, cool. Well, I'll, let's let, let's do some." some. And I did one that was based around screenwriting, like okay. again, where I took famous scenes from films and overwrote them horribly, but yeah. just just oh, edited down to the perfect smart. lines. Yep, just simple. The edit matters kind of yeah. idea, and that. And Came from something you knew. Yeah, that's right? exactly it. From experiences, from doing yeah. things, yeah. and um, that's when, yeah, that's when Shy called. Yeah, and went over there. And uh, you had sent you so you, so you get the job at NWA, or are you immediately like, I need to get my book back out and no, look for other things? Not at all. Or, I was I couldn't have been happier. It was great. Or just they called you out of the blue. Yes, they Shy. called. Okay, yeah, they called. Uh, I was very happy, and you know, it was like making stuff. It was great, yeah. and. Uh, Shyat called, and I was starting to learn a little bit. I started to be like, mm, I think maybe Shyat's, I think they might be good. You yeah, know, yeah, like that might, yeah. that, that You still weren't that into it that you no. were like, I want to go, you know, and no. you still didn't realize that Cliff Freeman, you were inside Cliff Freeman. And I, no, you, you, I still, yeah, I still wasn't, <laughs> I mean, it's shameful, but I know, I didn't know, I didn't know. And I was still very seriously trying to write. You know, very yeah. seriously thinking, yeah. like, you know, we'll see how this goes. Right? I'm going to try to do a screenplay. Focus was, yeah. yeah um, but I was working really hard in the yeah. agency, as one does, and um, as you do. And, and but also, I think having when I entered, just like you said, you learned a lot at your first job. So yeah. you really learned about writing. Yeah. Because I had been writing so much, that part wasn't. As long as I had the idea, I could turn the writing around. Right. I had a voice. I knew right. how to to do that. And I think that's one of the things that some people miss before they enter the industry yeah. is getting their craft, at least the beginnings of their craft together. Yeah. And then, you know, and then they struggle because they're still figuring that part out, but having at least your craft, right. something you can fall back on is like, no matter what, I know how to design something. I can, I can design the crap can, out of yeah, something. Yeah. Or I, I know I can write some I stuff. I can write Yes. A article about a cl- bathroom cleaner yes if I, if I need to yes and that's and that ain't nothing that ain't nothing <laughs> yeah, and then skill. and then when you become the person though who, who can do that yeah and turn it around quickly who, yeah. i got an idea and then you come back two hours later and like there it is yeah uh that also you start getting more assignments yes. and things start to to yeah. happen that's what it is right getting that yes. getting that working on the craft not worrying Agreed. about like i want to work at cliff freeman not worrying about I want to win those awards because yes. really those awards they they might as well have been softball awards like that's no one exactly outside right. of this industry really cares no that's right uh, and yeah but they working care about the, on your the, craft the working on your craft no so they don't care about the awards they do care about the work 
I always think, like, some of the things that Cliff was winning for at the time, we would still, you and I would watch it right now and be like, that's amazing. Yeah. Or you remember it, or it's yeah. a reference point. Yeah. Doing great things that become people's reference point yeah. does matter. I think right. it's wonderful to get awards and they matter, you know, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. important, but they, it's the work that the lands the in culture lands. The, the awards, yeah. Yeah, that you that remember, not, not the... Not the work that like snuck an award and some tricky little yeah. something, but like yeah. the those big ideas that we all love and right. st- still work yeah. years later. So we worked together at Shiat. <laughs> yes, we uh, did. That's what and, we meant, uh, and then you went on to uh, to work with Chuck McBride. Yes, uh, he kind of he kind of came to New York, hung out with us for a little while, grabbed you, and I, I joke that you're his his Morty to his Rick, but like he really it really did feel like he shot like a portal gun into the ground and you guys both jumped into it and I just you were off to stardom. Oh uh, thank well it well That's I would it, I would just say one step before that was when we worked together, we yeah. had such a great group of people. Oh my god, it was and like great people. We were having so much fun and a lot of talented people and played a lot of Unreal Tournament. We that we did do a lot of Unreal Tournament and there was some and it's also like a probably a lesson and there wasn't a lot of direction in that office right, for yeah. part of the time we were yeah, there. Yeah. And then it was John Hunt coming in. Yeah. And I don't remember when had you left before John? No, John came. Uh, I left. I was probably leaving when John came okay. and just trying. And uh, then John came and I loved him. He was One, such he, a smart guy. Such a smart guy. And he had that Australia, that uh, South, South African, African South African accent. Yes. And just be like, simpler, simpler. Simple. Oh, my God. Simpler. That was the thing. Cut it down. Yes. Simple, yeah. simple, simple, simple. Yeah. And yeah. I learned a lot from that. And also, yeah. he was an impressive guy to me because he had also lived... You know, he was like South Africa's playwright of the year one right. year. And also a yeah. you know, he was just a interesting and he ran Mandela's campaign. Like he was just yes. an interesting person and creative person. Yeah. And so he really started to give the place I felt direction. And then he brings in Jerry Graff. Right. Uh I who, had left at that point. Yes, you had uh, left at that in point. In fact, I had left to go work for Jerry Graff. <laughs> <laughs> you sons of bitches. Oh, thanks, Jerry. So <laughs> Jerry, ah, Jerry hired me <laughs> to go work at BBDO, and six months later, I'm like kicking it around. Yeah. Like oh, I'm just waiting to. I'm working send for Jerry Graff. Working this for is Jerry great. Graff. I may never get anything produced because Jerry's an amazing writer himself, yes. and like yeah. he'll just be like, ah, I don't want to do a joke like that, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, Jerry, okay. I'll go back to my office. But uh, one day, uh, fucking Scott. Scott Kaplan calls yes. me on the phone. He's like, hey, buddy, with that voice. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, He's great. like, uh, sorry about that. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, do you not know? And it was so Scott Kaplan. And I, I just wanted to grab him through the phone and be like, what? Just tell me. I love he it. said, uh, Jerry Graff is over here. And I'm like, no, I'm waiting for Jerry Graff to come into the office so I can show him an ad. Yes. Because I have a great <laughs> FedEx Super Bowl ad that I know he's going, he's to, going love. to love. And he is my creative this director and he is, will fight for it. I've been thinking it about me. it all night. It's really good. And this is the one. I'm going to impress Jerry Graff. Well, uh, he never comes in because he's uh, he is at Shiat. And uh, we have a meeting oh, with like uh, the BBDO guys. And they're like, 
it's going to be okay, guys. Uh, it's going to be all right. Okay. Yeah. Not at first, though. Uh, right. No one knew. <laughs> Everyone was running around like, oh, my God, oh, we're all going to die. But then Eric Silver came. Then Eric Silver came, and it was great. Yeah. It was fun. But, uh, yeah. But so was, Jerry coming. So Jerry comes over. I love yeah. that. Uh, so he comes over, <laughs> and it was, it was uh, yeah, I just learned, I worked uh, with Jerry, under Jerry, for a year, maybe, a little over a year year and a half uh and i just learned a tremendous amount from him and so yeah. much of it was he's so smart he's so smart uh cares a lot about the um it's that great grounded creativity only very free creatively but grounded in what are we saying one what is the single thing we're thing. saying yeah. and, and is that different from everybody else and um i mean you'd mentioned it before but i the the responsibility of being irresponsible that literally you have to be creatively free because that's what you're bringing i might have even up to that point things were going okay for me but i probably had a little response like i'm gonna this is what they need you know or this is kind of i'm gonna do it's never gonna buy that yeah so i tell a story about the client uh some vomit script that you had written oh yeah that you were like laughing about and jerry comes over and says hey what are you guys laughing about yes uh (laughs) Yeah, and, and and it was this vomit script. Yes, we're the entire and we, yeah, and that's well, that's exactly. It. We're laughing. Jerry pokes his head around. We say, "What's so funny?" Yeah, and so while well, we got, "Hey, you sheeps!" Yeah, hey, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, oh, "We got this idea. It's funny. We're making ourselves laugh. But, you know, they yeah, never yeah, yeah. buy." And he says, "What is it?" We tell him, and it's you know some giant vomit script, and everyone yeah. pukes all over the place. And yeah. uh, but was making. Honestly, was making a very clear point, yes. uh, would be funny. And uh, there was a way, and I just remember him saying he made one teeny change that made it infinitely better and more right. More right. Yeah. It's a, yeah. And then, what about, uh, and then he said, well, he said, well, we got to show it. He said, you know, and I'm like, they're not going to buy this. And he goes, oh, we're going to. He just looked at me like, what do you, like, he almost couldn't compute. He couldn't compute (laughs) those words in his head. You're, what do you, I don't know why you're saying that. Like, what is, why would you even care? Why do those words assemble the way they just assembled? And, uh, and there we were, like, a few days later, we're presenting it. And I remember, no one in, no one wanted to present it. And the agency didn't have a lot of support. (laughs) It did not go well. But I learned a massive lesson is it was still the right thing to do. It would have been a great thing for them to do. And the client didn't shatter. Right. The client, the client like, didn't fire you. No, they're, they're like, they it wasn't right. Upset, but what I would, yeah, I mean, it, no, but what it did <laughs> is it did set us up for a conversation that then we sold something great later. And I don't think would have happened if we wouldn't have jarred it, if yeah. we didn't have kind of a bad meeting, but where we talked about like, what are we doing so bad here? Bad meetings can, can serve a purpose. 100%. Hundred percent. As long as the intention's pure, hundred percent. Do you still uh, subscribe to that? Hundred percent. Yeah. Good, good or bad meanings don't matter. Is are you getting to something great? Yeah. And bad meanings can be very. What on the surface is a bad meeting is often a great meeting. As long as, as long as the intention is right. As long as you're going in, you're literally trying to bring something great that you genuinely believe is solving a, a problem. Yeah. I, I, no one's going to get that upset about. It. Even if it's way off in their minds, and you can really have it out. They're going to see the intention, and you might open up an area or a world that now you've set yourself up, both you and your client, to go do something yeah. great together. And I think this was an example. It was just a big lesson for me. It's like, man, that dude, he took it in. And everyone's telling him, don't take it in. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't go well. Yeah. And it's fine. You know? it, everything that they said yeah. would happen, happened. That's right. But nobody's dead. Nobody's and dead. we still have the business. Yes. And we sold something really good later. Yeah. So. 
so that was great. And then, yes, uh, I met Chuck through a Chuck. They had Shiat had a little office in San Francisco. Yeah. And Chuck had come before Jerry had yes. come and sort of met you. Yes. And, and, and kicked it around with you. Right. Yes. On well, something. Yes. And yes, we had worked together on something. He'd, he'd come to our office to cover because we didn't have a creative director yeah. for a while. And then I also went out once Hunt came, he sent me and Kaplan out to San Francisco because uh, they needed help on Adidas. And uh, so we go out there. So that was a chance to work with him. And then, yeah, then there was an opportunity. Also, my wife and I were ready to get out of New York, trying to get to the West Coast, try something different. And all fell together. And there I was uh, working in the San Francisco office. And it was literally a magical time, Tommy. It was... We had probably 70 people. Our clients, our main clients were Adidas, Fox Sports, and Stars yeah. Movie Network. Yeah, you can't get better than um, those three clients. If I look, if I like mentally went through that office, the talent, the people that I'm all like just made great friendships with, like Scott Duchon, who I went on to, yeah. you know, start an agency with. with, Jeff Edwards, part of that. Keith Cartwright, who's running 72 and Sunny now, Jamie Robinson, founder, Joan. Like, you can just go, everyone, the talent that was in there. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to have Jamie on the on the show. Uh, we keep having to move it. But yes, yeah, she's amazing. And uh, we're, we're, we're great friends. And But th- that time period, we just had so many great, just everyone in it together. Yeah. And, we, and it was small, so everyone's hustling. And we're making, starting to make great things. Yeah. And you know how infectious that just starts to become. It's, yeah. It's, it's like. Uh, it's, uh, you're competing, but you're also like, you want your other, you want your friends to do yes. it. It's, it yes. really is like, it's great. It's amazing. And and Chuck was, an ama- Chuck was, uh, I just learned it, an, uh, just a tremendous amount. He, he, he was. Chuck's really good at simplifying Things. Yes. Again, like that is yes. sort of a theme. Uh, yes. Uh, simplifying things down to. I remember we were working on combos, and I was working with uh, Bradley Wood. Mm, he was mm-hmm. freelancing with me. Yes. And we were trying to crack combos, and you guys cracked it after we left and did a great uh, combos. Is what your mom would. Oh yeah, that was me. That was uh, uh, yeah. Who was it? Was, like Jeff Anderson and Isaac Silvergate probably did that. And I can't yeah. remember who the CD, but yeah. What your mom would feed you if she, yes, if your if mom she was were a man. A man. It's great. Which is so great. Yeah. Uh, we had so many ideas and we were just like all these scripts and Chuck came in and we showed him a bunch and he was just like, you know what? You should have a couple of guys just throwing combos at each other and catch them in their mouths. Yes. And I think later he goes on to do Ray Ban basically the same the yes. same idea. And it blew up, right? And I was like, oh, he was so right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's great, uh, simple. Yeah. And visual. And, and he visual. understands that like. A, a, a video story is going to be more than just a couple of guys throwing combos at each other. There's, yes. We have to put, as viewers, you put like, this guy is that guy. Yes. This guy, you know, you give them characters and you give them yes. uh, reasons for being and there's a story there, you know, it's more than just the combos. It's exactly it, man. The belief, sim- simplicity, and then the belief of the creative process of production. Yeah. Of the endless the things that will come alive, as long as the idea is is tight and simple, yeah. how it comes alive in execution, uh, is, that's it's the so main thing. It's so hard to explain that to clients because you're like, it's just a couple of guys throwing combos at each other. Yes. How can that be good? Yes. And you're like, no, but it's going to be a whole 
Yeah. Yes. So how do you how do you get clients to buy into that? I think as long as it's strategically grounded, as long yeah. as well they're doing it, we're going to say combos is about two things coming together. Right. We're going to show it by two things coming together. Right. We're going to do it yeah, as long yeah, as it's yeah. grounded strategically, and then you can express it simply. Yeah. Um, I, I think you get freedom. I think again, I, I think when you if you can do that, I always like I've been telling the uh, I've been talking to folks lately. A great idea, I think, you know, you always get, so how do you know it's a good idea? Mm-hmm. This is something I, you steal from literature. Great mm-hmm. ending of a short story is surprising but feels inevitable. It's so you hit it and the, it, it's a it's a ripoff ending when it's like, and then he woke up. It yeah, was yeah. all a dream. So I go, right. but if it says, and it was all a dream, you're like, oh, of course it was a dream because it was dark yeah. here and he did da, da, yeah. da, da. Yeah. And it's that really satisfying thing. Yes. I think a great idea and when, as a creative director, you know, we always talk about our guts. Yeah. I think it's that it's like, oh, of course, because the brand is this. And, yes. da, 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 and of course it's going to be this answer, yes. Yes. even though the answer is wildly yeah. surprising and feels like it came from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I think but, if you can express an idea back to a client that way too, this isn't, you ha- this idea is like and inevitable. And it's a super rational yes. benefit of the product. Yes. We had a stride long lasting gum at, at JWT and we did yeah. a lot of great stuff for it. Yeah. Uh, but this writer came to me and said, I have this idea where, uh, <laughs> this woman, uh, takes an urn, uh, and it's her husband and inside the urn when, when is gum because he yes. was chewing it when he died, <laughs> but it's still alive. And she yeah. pulls it out and she puts it in her mouth and chews it. It's funny. And I'm like, we're shooting that. Yes. I'm yeah, not we even will do show that. it to the client. Let's yeah. just shoot it. Yeah. And then we'll show it because there's no way they're going to buy it if I show them a script. Yes. But we're shooting this other thing. So let's show the director the script. And they did it. Yes, and of course. you know what? The client was like, I wish I could run that. I'm get, I got a new boss now, but like yeah. that is a great spot. And people yes. still go like, that was a great, it didn't exist. It wasn't a real spot. It was yes. spec. But, you know, sometimes yes. the good ideas, you just got to do them. Just got to do them. Got to make them happen. Make em. That's right. Uh, but simplicity, yes. And that's um, where we, and, and I think that's Chuck's the simplicity, production, uh, caring all the way through the end. Like, you know, like it isn't ever over until literally it's out the door. You right. don't stop. You just Every don't stop. Every single little, little point Detail. along the way. Details. Yes. yes. It's not done just because you actually are on a plane to L.A. Yes. That's exactly right. It's actually right. not done at all. No. you haven't rolled on it. No. you has. It's really where it's starting. It's yeah. really started. You are in production um, now. It is a 100% of your time sort of thing. Yes. I'll give you I'll give you one quick story on Chuck and, and all that I think encompasses a lot of this. Yeah. So at the time we're doing, uh, this was the Impossible is Nothing campaign, you know, yeah. for Adidas. And uh, there was an assignment up. There was a new shoe. So we're doing all the basketball stuff. 180 in Amsterdam was doing all the soccer things. And then there would be kind of jump balls for any other other global like running assignment or whatever and we were all doing pretty well it was a very exciting campaign and adidas was blowing up and we're all having fun and there was an assignment came up they had a shoe with a computer chip in it it was called the one shoe and we everyone it was like this was going to be their next big thing and everyone was running at it and i had a script in the mix that brought it to the that made it okay the san francisco office gets this and we're going to you know, and I, it, the script I had was very simple, uh, but had a little bit of a narrative in it. And I remember Chuck, and he didn't do this. He was, you know, he didn't jump in and 
put his own idea in it. He would mm. definitely involve himself with yours, but he, yeah. you know, he had, he had this idea and, uh, it was, is, <laughs> it was, it was a guy puts a shoe on since it's building, it's a new shoe. It's a whole new world. So he's going to put shoes on, build a, the whole, he's going to build a new world around him. He's going to start in nothing and the world's going to build around him. Yeah. And I remember hearing that and thinking that's what knocked, I had a script that I thought was great and the client seemed to like and thought like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what? And I was on a shoot with Scott, uh, Scott Duchamp. We we're doing a... We were on a basketball shoot, and I remember we were talking about it. And we we're like, "Man, I don't know." Like, yeah. we're you know we're on a run right now, but I don't know about that one. Well, of course, he went and shot it with Spike Jones. It was "Hello Tomorrow," and it won every. It was like amazing and different, and they had like the uh, Karen O from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs did the music. It was such a beautiful, yeah. dreamy, unbelievable, and that's what it was. Guy put his shoes on, but it was the story and the way it unfolded and done. Yeah. The magic of the whole thing. It's like, oh, yeah. I, I just remember, I just wasn't sure. Then I, he, show, he brought in a rough cut. I looked at him, and I'm like, okay, that's like, pretty good. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh that. Now. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what happens in Hello Tomorrow, just for anybody? Who uh, anyone that hasn't seen it, I would suggest you see it. It's oh, yeah. an amazing, go, famous. Go look it up. Go look it Adidas up. Guy, Hello Tomorrow. Yes, guy wakes up in a, a bed in darkness. His shoes magically roll. I remember, like, even the way Spike shot it, and there was no mm-hmm. effects. He just did, like, film things in reverse or, yeah. you know, like, did it, like, his yeah. cool, fun way. And once he puts the shoes on, he gets up, and the world just starts growing around him. And then a bear chases him, and doors appear, and goes upside down. It's just magical. Yeah. And there's a kind of a haunting track that um, Karen O did. And you just got to, like, that's yeah. it. Yeah, but he built a whole new world, and yeah. and it's a new day for shoes. And I can't remember. Uh, I think that maybe the super said hello tomorrow or something. Yeah, but it's I think it was hello tomorrow. It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you are now. Uh, I'm getting conscious of time. Matt, oh, do you have a do you have a uh, hard? Oh, yeah. Out? What t- maybe I should see. What um, I, I think we're good to go until like eleven thirty, which is like Tom has 10. an I have an eleven thirty. Okay. All right, so we yeah, should, let's move it along. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's it do along. it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, don't be sorry. Okay. This I is won't. great. I can okay. be here forever. Wonderful. I have to go to some stupid meeting. Okay. We probably love, both do. I love, I love all my clients. Okay. So <laughs> it's not a stupid meeting. It's not a stupid meeting. Um, so you're, you're now a leader. Yes. How did you go yeah. from, from uh, like, what is the, what, what's the difference between being a doer uh, who is, like, all about the details and all about the, to being a leader? What What is the... Because a lot of people can't make that leap. It's a t- it is a t- as someone once told me, and I always tell people this whenever I promote them. Uh, someone's told me when you promote a great creative to a leadership position, you lose a great creative, you gain a shitty manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I so think, were you a shitty manager at first? Uh, I don't. I will say I don't think so, but only because the way I did it, the way Chuck did it, was you were a creative and a leader. So you were never just man. You were writing and in it as well as leading people and and leading right. things. So, I, I, which I think is a kind of a nice natural. It keeps you very empathetic to everybody and keeps you in the process. So I don't think you. It doesn't allow you to just now change who you are right. or something. You're because right. you're still in it. You're still so you're expected a player to coach. You're player coach. That's yeah. exactly it. I think it's a great you're Pete Rose. position. You're Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle. And uh I think honestly, I think my 
first of all, I'm sure I wasn't great at first, so I don't want to pretend that it was perfect. But again, I think my writing background, I had spent a lot of time when I was trying to write, Mm -hmm. uh, sharing work and critiquing other people's work while they critiqued mine. Mm. And so I think I learned a voice on how to, okay, how you talk to somebody and understanding, well, if your intention is this, Here's maybe a way to look at, you know, like how to just give feedback. Yeah. I'd done it. I'd been doing it for a long yeah. time, yeah. not on advertising, but on other things. That's and maybe I just man. learned a little bit how to give feedback there. I think what I didn't do well at first is I spent too much time early on almost doing just that. Always just, uh, well, if this is what you're trying to do, here's what, here's maybe how to make it better instead of sometimes just like, this isn't good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just let, let's take a break on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, this one's not going to work. Yeah, that's, uh, I think I might have spent time just spinning everything up all the time. Right, right. And right. maybe just learn that over time. It's like just shortcut, There's which is a- the main thing I think experience gives you. You don't get better, you just get a little quicker. You just yeah. can move a little quicker and like, right. yeah, I just don't think this is, I can I quickly see where go down this the path. It's going and yeah. it's not going to be good. That's so right. <laughs> yeah. Let's stop doing that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, your first, you ran your own agency first, and then you, you you started Tag. Yes, and then you go to BBH and and Gray. What? Why not? Why did you? Why was run? Why didn't you start a Petrulis? Why didn't you like? What's the? So it came. It was right when Shide in San Francisco was getting ready to turn over to Cutwater, mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out what I wanted. I did. I was wanting to try something else, mm-hmm. um, and Scott. You know, it's the same. Thing, Tommy. I had friends who Scott and Jeff and Harris, who I had worked with at, yeah. uh, you know, we'd all done Adidas together, had gone over to McCann and it started, uh, started, had launched Xbox 360. Yeah. And they called up and were like, we, th- I just remember I got a call and they're like, we think we can start an eight, ag- we think we'll get them to back us, start an agency. Do you want to come over and run Xbox and help us yeah. start this thing? Yeah. And honestly, like, I didn't know much. I wasn't like, a big gamer or anything by right. like i like these guys that'll yeah. be fun yeah <laughs> you know yeah. i didn't overthink is it. like that sounded good uh everyone told me it was a mistake i always like to share this yeah when because this is another thing like everyone will tell you everything is everything's a mistake, a mistake. yeah i we, we had had a lot of success with adidas and fox sports and things and video games at the time once you launch then it was just titles and what are you going to do with titles like that? Yeah. You know, like the games themselves it was always just uh, yeah. footage from the game yeah, and yeah, like yeah, a yeah. track. Right. And this was kind of a mistake. And why wouldn't you go do, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I kind of did it. It's like, well, two things. I, mainly, I like these guys. This will be fun. Yeah. Let's yeah. try it. Right. And uh, I'd like narratives in video games. I didn't know that much about games, but it's like it's stories. Yeah. And maybe we can... That just seemed cool. It's like and a movie that you're in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You get to, get to participate in. And then I went over there, and the like, first thing was Halo 3. I was like, well, yeah. there's a title. Let's try to do something with that. Pretty good stuff, uh, too. Which, which, which went well. And, yeah. um, and then it kind of exploded from there because things that went so well. Yeah. Uh, we then grew, and then we turned it into a different agency. And, yeah, things yeah. just kind of, like, took off. That yeah. was really the switch. I think from Adidas to Fox to then going there and also getting to do everything exactly the way you do it, all the lessons you'd learned. Yeah. And, okay, I've learned a lot from all these great people 
what would we do now? So right. it's almost how do you imitate but put your own voice on it, like yeah, you talked yeah. about as a writer, yeah, yeah. but put how you would do it on it. And yeah. There you go. But now you have to worry about like agency PR and yes. getting new clients yes. and keeping your own clients happy. That's There's a lot of new stuff that you have to learn. Yes. And you're running an agency. Yes. And when you're starting something like you got to worry about plumbing, you know, you got to worry about lights and just stuff that you isn't why you got in the game. Yeah. Um, We were fortunate because we had Xbox fund pretty much funding the whole enterprise. Yeah. And we were doing they were supporting it and we were really proud of the work we were doing. And Mm -hmm. it was just I mean, that was also a really exciting time. Yeah. Just a great exciting time and halo 3 really kicked it all off and i think was a great culmination and expression of a lot of the things we're all trying to do that just came together at once right right and you go to bbh to work for john Hagerty. yeah i mean enough said right i mean he's he's great he's just uh one of those people who you're just like i want to work for john Hagerty. what what was it like what's the difference between john Hagerty and chuck mcbride what what was it like working for for john Hagerty? uh so the uh, he obviously john is an amazing he's an amazing creative mind he's also an amazing person Mm -hmm. um i john is the most optimistic person i've ever met in my life i really think it's the source of all of his creativity and all of his great energy he won and it, it, i think is as Optimism we know is one of the things that you that you mentioned as being like really important it's and, so important it's because it because as a creative person every day you wake up to nothing yeah and literally the only thing you got going is you believe i'm gonna have something yeah like i have nothing yeah. today but in the, the day i'm gonna have something yeah. that's just pure optimism yeah you can't be cynical you can't be negative because it slows you down you just have to be like yeah i'm gonna be and also you need it to get past all the endless difficulties and bumps and yeah. barriers and right. things. Cause there's going to be things where just client doesn't love it. Yes. Got it. Like the, the meeting you had, uh, yes. about your vomit script. That's exactly right. Uh, That's there's exactly going to be right. times when they just don't buy it, but you can't go in there thinking they're not going to, you just have to go in optimistically. You just have to go in optimistically and with good and with the right intention. I think right. people pick up on intention. They know if you're being cynical or trying to trick them. But if you're going in, I don't think there's an idea you can bring someone, if your intention's right, that's going to upset anyone too much. Yeah. Uh, Because they'll feel it. They know you've you've got their best interest at heart and you genuinely believe this is the right thing. Yeah. Um, And that's what John, John was a great, so there's two things. One, I think just his endless optimism. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I, and I try to do, that John was great at. I'd, I'd gotten there and I was there for a little while. Um, and, you know, the agency was struggling and, and needed some direction. And Yeah. You just lost, uh, you lost Google and... and uh, oh, there's a bunch of people uh, walking out the door. And... Classic scenario. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. All these like egos or... Yes. Like, I'm out of here. And they hadn't had a creative leader in there for a while. So right. a lot of things happened. Was Ty the last one before? No, uh, Kevin Roddy. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Roddy, Roddy right, had been right. there. Between, and then yeah. uh, Kevin had left and they just hadn't really put you know just yeah. just a lot of stuff and of course bbh has such a legacy and such a great culture and dna yeah. that i want you want to i just had my own agency yeah. uh which i loved and we had built our own dna and now i'm jumping here but i wanted to respect that the dna of bbh but yeah. obviously you got to figure out you got to do it differently you got to do York. it differently and i was just a few months in and i wrote him 
and I I just kind of wrote him this this lengthy note, and he said, well, I'm going to come out next week and let's talk. And as I was writing about all this stuff, and he was really letting me go. He wasn't he wasn't someone who sat on you. You know, he went, he's just like, Is it, the work's great. You're good. Yeah. If it's not, you know, yeah. you, you got to talk to John. That's not. Yeah. And he comes in, and I I'm I kind of had prepared a like. This is what I see. This is what I think. And so you wrote the note for yourself to go yes, by as a script. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I wanted to be very respectful, but I really felt like there's a lot that maybe had to be different. I, I launch into, here's kind of what I'm seeing is what I'm feeling. I start to talk about what, how I want how I so much respect what they've built, but he literally, he cuts me off. He's like, John, John, do your thing. Do your thing. And I'll never forget that, like, just... Do your thing. That's that's what we want. We just want creative people doing their thing. And he just, there it was. I just felt so free yeah. to like, and obviously the DNA of BBH is like, just be great work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go yeah. do that. Yeah. And then, you know, work started getting better and cool. Yeah. We didn't, I never had to have a discussion again. That's great. That was, that was it. Work yeah. got better. Wow. And, and, and that the simplicity of that and the optimism uh, that, that I do believe, John, there is nothing that will knock John off his, he he could have just lost eight yeah. clients and bombed and everything, and he would one hundred percent be convinced the next thing was going to be amazing. And he's right, because <laughs> wow. he's because that attitude is what gets you there, and he's proven it yeah. time and time and time yeah, again. Yeah, he has. Yeah, uh, and, and now you're you're gray. Yes, you uh, you're you're coming in after a tour, took that place and brought it from like you know, oh Gray yes. to like amazing, right? Hey, Gray's amazing. Yes, uh, and now he's off uh, doing the same for Apple. Yes, I think. Yes, uh, and uh, you know, because Apple needs some help. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they could use some creative thinking. They really, and uh, like, how are they going to sell any product? Yeah, yeah. how are they going to figure it out, man? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he's doing great things so there. How do you how do you follow somebody that has been so celebrated and and just the stories and the like? What what's that like? Uh, so I think it's probably it's a great question. I don't I I don't think about it very much. Right. If I'm if I'm honest, I probably wouldn't take jobs if I think about them very much. What I want to do anywhere is you want to respect. You want to figure out what is good. What is good? What what was the what was the thing? The core of the thing that he created mm-hmm. that he helped create with a lot of people, but he was a massive force in. Yeah, I think you can't think. I couldn't go into BBH and worry about Hegarty. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. If I'm not going to worry about Hegarty, I'm not going to worry about too many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And each each step of the way, you just especially when you, if someone's asking you to do it, they want you. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, and then I think you just go in humbly and really try to understand all the great things and where what can use some help and mm. where where do things maybe need to go and that's that's where i think you start to yeah put your influence. what are you excited about for the future what's what's the um what's your what do you wake up every morning thinking like i'm excited to do this i i i think it's a great time i think yeah. there's so much chaos uh, in the industry, and I think chaos is where creativity comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, great creative things happen when there's absolute turmoil and trouble. Yeah. And I, I really think that's where we're at. I think we're in a moment where we can create what the future is going to be, um, what our next little path is going to be. I think it's a really exciting time. And I think it's bending back towards even harder towards great creative thinking. Yeah, I really do. I think as uh, the more things continue to change, then we'll, I think there's even a greater and greater and greater need for great, 
really great creative thinking mm. and great creative problem solving. So for creative people, I think it's an amazing time. Yeah. Uh, I think we're all going to be finding our way and making bets on mm -hmm. what we think it is. You know, at Gray, we're, we're betting on creative people. We're betting on creative We've made some big choices to like double down on creativity and say mm -hmm. this is it. This mm -hmm. is what the value that we'll, we can bring. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's an exciting time. I think it's we we don't really know, and I think this is when great things happen. Mm -hmm. um, and if if you can't get excited right now, it, you probably shouldn't be in the industry. Yeah, Because yeah, there's yeah. so much happening. Yeah. You know? um, so I think that's it. And I'll, what's your what's your one piece of advice for anybody uh, listening? Uh, they're trying to get a job in advertising. Uh, One piece. Uh, care. Care. I think people that care, I know that sounds, maybe that sounds trite, but no, you feel it, man. Yeah. You know when, you know when someone's in it for cynical reasons. Yeah. You know when someone's just, it's just a job yeah. or they're just trying to bang out this or that. Yeah. People that care. Care about the work. They care deeply about the work. They really, really care. And they just, they because that's everything. Yeah. If they care about that, you're you're going to be fine. Yeah. Always, always, always. There's always room. You know, uh, uh, like in sports and football, there's, there's always room for a hitter. Yeah. Like you know, a guy a guy will fly around, hit people. There's always yeah. going to be there's always going to be room on the team. Yeah. There's always going to be a job for people that really care. Because yeah. also, if you care, you get better. Right. If you care, your craft gets better. If yeah. you care, you're listening to good people. Yeah. And you're you're setting the bar very high for yourself. So just care. Because I don't. I think that's not and everyone does. If you does. care, you're going to listen. Yes. If you care, you're going to uh, work at your craft. Yes. If you care, you're going to have a great work ethic. Yes. You know, just caring about getting the job done and doing doing the, the right thing. Yes. And you're going to care about other people, man. You're going to care about yeah. the people you work with and you yeah. want to support them. And it, have it's, them on it's your infectious. podcast. Have them on your podcast. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, thank you for coming down. Uh, thanks, This has Tommy. been such a good talk. Uh, maybe one of the longest ones we've done, but uh, that's sorry only about because that. we were we were having such a good time. No, it was great. I didn't uh, want to stop. Great. Well, I would have cut you off it. and just been like, all right, Johnny, all thank right, you I get for that. It, I get it. Good, I get it. Good, good, good <laughs> for you. Working hard. Working hard. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I, I really enjoyed it, Tom. Yeah. This is fun. Woo. Thanks for listening, everybody. So that was my uh, chat with John Petrulis. He is such a smart and thoughtful person. I think his advice to care is kind of all you need, really. Is um, it, it cuts out everything else, all the ego, all the you know worry. If you just care, you're going to be okay. I'm taking that back uh, and, and living with that this week. I thank Johnny for coming in. And I want to thank Matt Stillo, our engineer, and Casey Valigursky, our producer. And this has been The A-List, brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. I'm Tom Chrisman. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe us on the iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to be interviewed for an upcoming episode, contact us through adhousenyc.com. And thanks for listening. 